Hello. 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 We're trying not to say so again. Uh, I'm uh, Howell the Nerdy Vicar and welcome to those Vicar blokes. I'm Dave Coaches. Right. So what have we been up to this week, Dave? Uh, loads. Have you? Loads. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we had a big service, didn't we, Sunday night for um, up at Watley? Oh, it's do you want do you want to tell him we forgot to bring the service oh, books? Oh, yeah, I forgot to bring the service books. Are you going to go on about being right now? This is going to be. I knew you were waiting for this. Yeah, am oh. I going? On a, yeah. News so anyway, so I was right. So yeah. I deaconed for the archdeacon, oh. didn't I? And yeah, um, you did, yeah. And so there's a, a correct liturgical way to dress when you're a deacon, isn't there? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you told me that it was wrong, didn't you? Well, I. It, and then so you've checked it out with with your monks at Murfield, haven't you? And they've yeah. told you you're wrong. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah. So Dave was wearing his deacon, his stole, which is the scarf that he wear, and he was wearing it across himself like a sash, which is the deacon. The deacon way, because I was liturgically a deacon, yeah. And I said to him, oh, Dave, you've got it wrong, mate. You're not... And he was like, no, no, this is how you wear it. You wear it like a sash, because I'm a liturgical deacon. And I was like, no, you're not, because you've been ordained a priest. Ha, <laughs> ha, you're wrong. And then we asked the archdeacon, and he didn't. He didn't know. He didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. No. So what you'd normally do if you're having a debate like that is ask an archdeacon, but you wouldn't normally ask them while they're with you because because yeah. they'll look it up and then they'll come back looking really clever when they know the answer, but they've looked it up in between. Yeah, you probably. He then, didn't have the facility because Wapley doesn't really have a very good internet signal. No, no, he didn't disappear, and he hadn't even got a loo in Wapley, so he could no. like, nip to the loo and check it out or anything. No. Now. But yeah, Dave was right. That's the news this week. Was Dave was right? He was wearing it correctly. I said it was wrong, and yeah, it is correct. So yeah, yeah apologies to Dave for that. Uh, the other big news this week as well is it's not fair with Foo Fighters t- tickets. I was trying to get tickets for the Foo Fighters. Right. Then. Okay. Well, I was, and Emma was right. And it's not fair because there was two thousand people in the queue in front of me. Did anybody ever tell you that life's not fair? Well, yeah, but it's not with the Foo Fighters. What it is, it's not fair, right? This is a rant now. Is because if you buy the new album off the of Foo Fighters, yeah, you get pre-sale tickets for their gigs. Right. Yeah, we forgot to buy it. I'm not buying his album just to get like free uh, pre-sale tickets. So that's not fair. So then you can't. Nobody just- wants to reward his his followers for their following him. So he, he so they got to buy the album and then you can go to see him live. Yeah, but it's not fair because I didn't know that until the other day. So well, you've not given him any of your money, have you? So well, he I wants give, to make your, your money out of you twice, not once. To, Dave Grohl, who sings for the food fight, is meant to be the nicest guy in rock, and he's obviously not because he's way he does his tickets. It's not fair. Well, he should do it like what's her name? Who's that? What's her name now? That singer there, Lydia likes. She's, she's a bit normy, normy singer. She's blank space. So that narrows that. it down. I don't yeah. know. I don't know who you're on about. So, no, uh, what's the name? I'll pause it. Hang on. She's Taylor Swift. That's it. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, we, it up. we paused yeah. it for a couple of minutes uh, then while well, we looked yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, but she's got a queue thing on hers, so you can you can kind of queue up and get them. Right. I don't want to go out and see that, but anyway. But but she's got it, and you think that's more fair? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing. Just getting freaked out. I watching Glastonbury. Been watching. Yeah, Glastonbury. I watched a bit of Glastonbury. Didn't actually overrate it. No, I'm Guns honest. And, Guns and Roses were rubbish. Was, I couldn't wait for November rain. I had to turn it off. I got it was, bored. It was. Uh, I waited for it, right? And you were lucky you turned it off. It was that bad. I didn't realise that. Was, well, November rain's one of my favourite tracks. I'm having it at my funeral. Oh yeah, yeah. So you could be like November rain. You could have slash outside the yeah. church, like, like that would be brilliant, really cool, Good. excellent, wouldn't it? That could, but, I could, you should write that in your will, right? Write in your will. 
that I want to have someone dressed up as Slash, the guitarist from Guns N' Roses, outside the church, playing the guitar solo from November Rain yeah. while I come out. Yeah, and should I get the church painted white so it looks just like the one in the video? <laughs> in the video. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I couldn't wait for it, uh, because oh. basically it was all too samey. It wasn't. You couldn't hear what Axl Rose was singing, and it was all just too heavy on the on the instruments. It, they were turned up too loud compared to the singing. So I don't know if it's the way that the BBC showed it and whether or not it was their setup that was wrong rubbish. but it weren't good and I, but I didn't like the Arctic Monkeys didn't think they were very good yeah I didn't like most of it to be honest well by Elton John he was quite good well and he dipped into bits and pieces yeah, of that but I did good. think he was quite good yeah but some of the other stuff they had on was really good like um, there was this really strange set where um, Rick Astley was singing the Smiths in what was the dance tent right okay I know it sounds really random but it was really good <laughs> I was on the t- Telly um, in 2000 at Glastonbury. Yeah. I made BBC Points West and I was in the dance tent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, wow. I, that footage is well archived now. But, oh, but yeah, there are. How many times have you been there? Twice. I went in 2000 and 2002. Oh, I went in 2003. And I should have applied to go to the church tent this year and I didn't. Uh, and I just, oh, I don't want to keep leaving the missus and disappearing. Yeah. From, and I and I didn't, and that was a mistake. I should have applied. No, two thousand three we went, so I was quite. Uh, we saw REM and um, the Super Furry Animals and a pile of other people as well. Mount Street. Preachers. Well, in two thousand, yeah. I could have gone to see David Bowie, but really? instead I went to the other stage and saw Basement Jacks. <sighs> well, I could have seen Radiohead, but I don't really like. Them. I went to see Super Furry Animals. Oh, so. I, I would have gone to Radiohead. So yeah, so we watched a bit of Glastonbury. It's been on all week that has actually because it's been on the iPlayer. So that's basically what we've done is tried to kind of and try to get Foo Fighters tickets. So what are we talking about today then on this? We're talking about Thames Water. Yeah, because they've gone bust. Yeah, rip um, off. We're talking about one of my Twitter arguments in the last section. Yeah, you don't argue about Twitter very much, do you? No, uh, not a lot. And well, an excellent vampire program. And a, yeah, and the vampire program. What we do in the shadows. Excellent, really funny. Yeah. So hold on for the music and uh, let's get into it. So when, Dave, what's in the news this weekend? Thames Water are going through the hoop. What? <laughs> going through the hoop? Going what? through the hoop. What's that mean? They're going through... Well, they're, they're going bust, basically. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know what that means exactly for all the people that they supply water to. How can you um, go bust as a water company? You can't, like, say, I'm not going to buy it. It's not well, like they're billions of pounds in debt uh, as oh, a company. Right. Um, but yet they've paid out billions of pounds over the years in dividends to their shareholders. So Thames Water covers what? Like London, basically? Yeah, a massive area from in the, basically most of the southeast and, and and from Oxford across and then down. I don't know if they cover Kent or not, but they, big, they've big got firm, a big, right? big chunk of Right, of so the they, way. they've gone bust because of what? Well, because they managed to get themselves in debt. Right. But how come they not selling water, though? That doesn't make any sense. No, I, none of that makes any sense whatsoever. 
Because I, I get um, it, I, I get it. Like if you were a shop, right? Yeah. Say HMV, right? Yeah. You know, right. Now they're losing money because people are streaming music, right? They're not yeah. playing records. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See what I mean? So that I get that why they would go. They're not gone. They've gone bust a couple of times, haven't they? A couple of times. Yeah. 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 But they get they get um, reincarnated. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. But uh, now they sell all this rubbish merch rather than and, yeah. they, and vinyls. Like Iron Maiden t-shirts and stuff. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Iron Maiden t-shirts. I didn't say there was. <laughs> I just said that they diversified <laughs> in order to m- make a, a, a business remain. They're good. They're good. Anyway, yeah. So, so water's not like any other business, or is it? Really no. That. No. And obviously it, 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 it got transferred into private companies' hands. Um, and there's some interesting shareholders on it. Who are the shareholders? Well, so 30% of it is owned by a Canadian pension fund. Didn't they own Bristol Airport as well? I don't know. Yeah, there was some Canadian pension fund or something that owned Bristol Airport. It was the Oh, right, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really weird. 20% of Thames Water is owned by the pension fund for British universities. So the British University's superannuation scheme. Oh, I've got a pension with them. Have you? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you're, you, you, so yeah. you part own Thames Water. Oh right. Okay. Um. So is your fault they gone bust? Oh, is it? <laughs> it's all my fault. Yeah. Um. But it's all right because they don't expect you to foot the bill as a shareholder. They they expect it to be bailed out by the government, and for the taxpayer to foot the bill. Even though, well, as a shareholder. You would have had dividends, but that don't make any sense. No, because like, as a, if you buy shares or if you have a pension, right? Whatever way it is, is because it, you, if you've got a pension, you indirectly buy shares, don't it, or investments or whatever. Well, that's right. You, so there. in effect, you your pension has been taken when you worked at the university, yeah, um, and that's been dealt with by pension fund managers who have who have decided where to invest it for the best return for you when you reach retirement age. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's yeah. what you that's what they do. That's why they get paid the big money cuz yeah, yeah. cuz they're meant to know where to put it. So they put it into Thames Water right. and Thames Water have paid them a dividend each year even though they're not making a profit, they're making a loss. Well, that's stupid. That's why they've gone bust them, because they've paid out too many dividends. Well, yeah, and the fact that they pay their top bosses a lot of money and big bonuses. Yeah. I, I, mean, I would have thought you'd get paid a bonus if you were succeeding, not if you were failing. Yeah, um, it don't work like but that. But they've not put any money into the infrastructure either, so the infrastructure that, that supplies the water yeah. is now in a considerably worse state than it was when they took it on. Because you can make more profit by not, by not fixing it in the short term. Yeah, well, that's like... Um, but in the long term, it, it, it damages things. Yeah, but that's just like the bridge, you know, the Seven Bridge, yeah? Yeah. Is when Welsh Government took it over a few years ago and they got rid of the tolls. Yeah. That, yeah. Great day in history, that it, was. It was. It saved me a fortune. But basically, um, when you go over the bridge right at the beginning, right, it was full of potholes and it was in the right state. And it, because they never did any... Um, like much maintenance in yeah. the last few years because they knew the Welsh government was going to take it yeah. so now it's fixed now but then we've had to pay for that so it's the same thing is they don't bother doing the uh, maintenance because like there's more money in not doing it Yeah. so then because they know that's the same as the banks though, isn't it is when the banks went bust they got bailed out didn't they yeah yeah 
Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, but that's like that makes yeah. But the banking system's much more complicated than than pipes were than pipes are watering. To be fair, there's a lot more factors that influence it. Yeah, yeah, but but they but what I don't understand. Well, what I do understand with this really is I don't understand that. I do understand that is when we had industry in Britain, right? Yeah. Right. Is the industry went bust because um, all sorts of economic things, mostly because we had to pay people more money um, to work here than to work abroad. Yeah. So all the industry went abroad. And when people complained about it, they said, shut up, it's the market. There's nothing you can do about it. You just have to accept it and go on the dole. And that's the end of your life. Thank you very much. That's what, was, that's what yeah. you said, yeah? Yeah. Shut up, it's the market. Yeah, but you'd feel that more strongly than me because you grew up in, in more of an industrial place than me because I grew up in Bristol that was already a service industry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I saw place, you know. Exactly. We had, we had loads of big insurance companies and that's what, you know. That's what you I know we had aerospace and the like, but that was scaling back as the other things were scaling up. But the thing is, oh, it's not fair because basically it depends on who you work for. Depends on, you know, the the water company know in the end of the day that they can't not have water. So if they go bust, they just go to the government. They'll be like, you can't not have banks, right? Yeah. So they go to the company, they go to the, the government and say, right, well, we've gone bankrupt. You've got to bail us out because if we don't, right, then nobody will have any water. So it's like ransom, isn't it? Yeah. They're holding the government, holding all of us to ransom. They just ripped us all off. Yeah. It's like the mafia. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like the mafia. It's like, you know, like in the mafia, they say, nice cafe, it would be a shame if it got burned down, right? And you'd say, well, why Why would I be worried about it? They say, well, you've got to pay me like 600 quid a month. Otherwise, an accident might happen to the cafe. But It's a shakedown. It but, is. but surely, surely at this point now that Thames Water are... are are going bust they'll go back into public control and yes we'll have to pay to do all of the work that they haven't been doing um, as the taxpayer mm. but, but but you'd think that those that were running it would be shamed so much that they couldn't get another job wouldn't you well you'd think that but I don't think that would happen or do you think they've made so much money in the process they don't need another job no I think they'll go and work for someone else the same as the banks because the guys who crashed the banking system, most of them kept their jobs. Nobody went to jail. Nothing. Well, and they that. still got their bonuses. Yeah, they still got their bonuses. And why, the but why do they get their bonuses? Because it's corrupt. Yeah, because those that have got the shares in it still got dividends and made money out of it. Yeah. So you get your bonus because you made other people money. Yeah. So on one hand, they say to vast areas of the UK and across the Western world, you're not economically viable. Shut up, it's the market. Therefore, your culture, your community, everything has to die. We're very sorry about it, but there's no other option. Thank you very much. But when another industry that happens to, then they go, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, we have to. Um, so it's not. So from a Christian perspective, a Christian reflection on this, what we're talking about is justice, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, we, and the lack of seeing it in this circumstance. Yeah. So it's not actually a political thing at all. It's not a left-right thing. It's a justice thing. Uh, no, it's definitely not a left-right thing, actually, because um, these industries were privatised, but they've both had a go at, you know, Labour and Conservative have had a go at um, overseeing the management of it. 
and nothing changed. Don't work. No. Well, I used to work for Welsh Water when I was a student. I used to, my job was to empty um, samples into a into the not in the non-potable washroom. I was in there where I had to empty samples into a kind of well, it was basically a toilet. It was disgusting. I had to do that, and uh, and then I had to test sewage samples for uh, heavy metals and pHs and stuff like that as well. So it was a really grim job. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, it was um, the yeah. I can still smell now thinking about it. The um, <laughs> the sewage cakes that we used to have. Nice, but yeah, nice. but it was still it was as bad then because it was called Hudder, right? Hudder, Hudder. Yeah, it was what Welsh water was. They used to call it Hudder, right. right? And basically, I remember when I had a meeting and they said that they had to give massive amounts of dividends to their shareholders because if they didn't, then they get bought out by somebody else. Yeah. Because what's happened is they originally they were quite small companies like Hudder doesn't exist anymore because it got bought out, right? Yeah. So basically, they, they the system pushed them to give these dividends, otherwise they get bought out. So it's actually in a way, it's a weird one. It's not actually a kind of individual people doing bad things uh, issue. It's the system itself breeds injustice. Yeah. So they're just responding to incentives. But that's why we see it repeated all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. That's what happens. It's it's systemic injustice. And I think, and we're all kind of culpable. Like, even me, like, you know, it's my pension is involved in it, to be fair. So I think... Yeah, but you've got no control over that. No, I know I don't. That's why. Uh, And it probably won't be as good as you think it's going to be when you get it anyway. Well, no, not really. I've only got a few years in it anyway. But I think I've got to find the paperwork for it first. But I think, um, yeah, thinking about it from a Christian perspective is what we have to try and do is change these issues of injustice um, because really what's at the heart of it is we should be able to get a fair day's work for a fair day's pay. We should, it should be, res- you know, res- yeah. It, that's the thing, it should yeah. be fair and this isn't fair and we need a solution for it. But what the solution is... I'm no, not no, I don't think my um my level three business studies GMVQ qualifies me to uh, be an expert on this. I'm not saying anything about GMVQs. No, uh, do you know I got I'll finish. It's worth A levels. That is, you know. Yeah, I got insulted last night. Actually, I'll I'll put this in right as I dropped Andrew off with his prom. Right, yeah, and then the teacher said to me, he said, uh, "Oh." What university is he going to? And he said, oh, he wants to go to Birmingham City, right? And I said, said, oh, right, that's right next door to where I went. I went to Aston. And then the teacher said to me, he said, oh, is that the poly? And I went, the what? Yeah. The poly? So that's a shout out to you guys. I was uh, deeply, deeply moved by that. <laughs> and everybody laughed at me. So Because yeah. you're such an educational I'm, snob. I am such a snob. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm snobby about. An educational snob. Anyway, next time we're going to be talking about uh, a question we found on Twitter. So thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us and give us a follow. And also as well, you can listen to The Connection, which uh, Justin does, which gives you news from all over uh, Yaten Froome's You can listen to Praise in the Park. Yeah. It was last Sunday on there at the moment. Listen to that. That was all right. And also as well, give us a rating 
Uh, just tell us un- a good rating. Yeah, good yeah, we a good rating and good feedback. Yeah, because well, no, we got some- we've got delicate egos, haven't we? We don't want bad feedback and bad ratings. Well, no, I don't mind negative feedback. Like some of it was, some of them are, most of them are really good. But uh, I think one or two there's room for improvement. So that's oh, right, okay. Yeah, okay. Right, so. Dave's been on Twitter again all week. Yeah, uh, and know, so have you. I, I have. I you've actually. been, you've been retweet. You no, not retweeting. You've been criticising all my tweets or no, I I jumping just, in. I yeah. jumped in a couple of times when you were having a go at that Mog bloke. You leave him alone, like you know what I mean. He's always. I don't like Mog. To be fair, I think he's. I said he looked like Miss. I said you're like Dennis the Menace. Because, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, because Mog looks like uh, Walter the Softy, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Said, yeah so you like Dennis the Menace, terrorising Walter the Softy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but other than that, you did find a decent tweet to tweet about. Well, you know? yeah, I, I I I watched a video by somebody that I follow on Twitter. Um, that was that I found inconsistent with their usual method of tweets. Oh right. And I think they've they've recorded the video because their understanding is so limited that they don't realise it's contradictory to what they, the way that they normally tweet. So you've disagreed with someone on Twitter. Unusually, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was good. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I've quoted some scripture at him that he's, that he's then proceeded to still not understand. Right. Which yeah. is quite interesting. Was your missus out this week? So you had a bit of time. Yeah, 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 she was. Yeah, she was out. <laughs> she was out. So I so I sat there having to watch dreadful telly as assigned by my by my co-host on the podcast. You, and, uh, you should be watching proper telly, not tweet. Anyway, so what was this guy's whole thing then? Do you want to introduce well, this guy's this, question? This, this person, um, he's a King James Version literalist. Do you want to explain what that is? Well, so he'll only read one version of the Bible, and that's the King James Version. Right. Because he believes that, that that's the only inerrant version ever produced. Right, okay. Um, and all the others have errors. Right, um, okay. But, the f- but anyway, right. there's lots of evidence to prove that that's we'll, not the case. We'll talk about that later. We'll on, talk about yeah, that yeah. again, because that's too confusing. Yeah. Um, but he takes all the stuff that it, that's in there in a very literal fashion... Um, and I would go so far as to say that he idolizes that particular version of the Bible. Right. So what was his question? It was something to do with being called a legalist, wasn't well, it? Well, yeah, because yeah. he's been accused by people on Twitter of being a legalist. Right. Um, and in his video, he claims that that there are standards that God holds us to, right. which you and I wouldn't disagree with. No. Um, and that they're found in, in the Bible and that if you follow them to the letter, um, you're following them in the spirit and in reality. I, I think what that. he's saying is you should go the extra mile as well, though, to be fair. I thought and I think he's right. right. Yeah, I thought yeah. his video, because I just read, watched his video, I don't know the guy. Yeah, but if you go video. back and look at his tweets, you'd think that it was inconsistent. Ah, because his video basically said that legalism is wrong because he was using this analogy I thought it was a good analogy but he's a legalist yeah but I'd say when he's, his, his analogy I thought was good he was saying if you work for someone and you keep to the letter of the law it's a bit like work to rule isn't it yeah. so you wouldn't go the extra mile you say oh sorry it's not my contract that's not what I want to do uh, that's not my job that sort of thing but that's only one side of it though isn't it he's only portrayed one side of it so what he said is right yeah you know, 
because because we should be doing things to the best of our ability because God calls us to doing them to the best of our ability and sometimes that means we need to go above and beyond what's what's written down that's right yeah um so that side of it's right but then when it when it becomes a case of um you're not your freedoms are curtailed because of the the what it says in in certain passages mm. um and you use them as bashing passages out of context um then, then you know that's his usual line of tweet yeah so really then i think a lot of people struggle with this to be honest this is why i thought we should talk about it is that you can interpret the bible a bit like the quran mm. and i think the fundamental problem we have actually in in our society is people understand in the church and not so much in the church actually but especially outside of the church like the bible is like the quran it's well we we talked last week didn't we about how many people there are like dot cotton or like yeah, grams yeah, yeah. in in dawson's creek yeah uh, and and he's one of those oh, he I was see. the one who sprung to mind when you said it ah right okay oh yeah you did say didn't yeah you? but i think the thing is with it is that the quran is very very different to um the bible because the quran Muslims believe is the word of God in the sense of they are that the words of God were literally taken down and written literally as the words of God. So yeah, Muhammad by Muhammad. Yeah, um, isn't actually um, peace be upon it, him. Yeah, peace be upon. Him, isn't actually interpreting it or anything. He's literally relaying it to a scribe as Muhammad is yeah. um, illiterate. Relaying it to a scribe who then writes down those exact words. Now that's a very, very different understanding of um, a, a sacred text to what the Bible yeah. is. The, the Bible is a whole set of different types of literature and it's true because we as the church through the Holy Spirit have discerned that it is true. Yeah. Do, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's a collection of different writings over thousands of years who have been brought together uh, by the church and the church has then said this uh, set of writings is sacred basically because we've decided that they're sacred that's why um, the shepherd of Hermas isn't in the New Testament for example or the um, the gospel of Thomas isn't yeah yeah so it's a totally different way of of working uh, and understanding things does yeah yeah yeah, yeah? absolutely I don't know if that's, well, I think, I think he, he's right in what he says, though, that, that legalism is dangerous um, and isn't in accordance with God. But I think you can't actually discern, you can't actually discern a way of living purely through law, because that's what Moses tried to do. And uh, but I think that, yeah, but I think the trouble is that that sometimes some people take the text and view it as being static and, and I think the point of Jesus was that it was the living breathing word of God and therefore if it, if it stays static it, it's not the living breathing word of God anymore and that's why we have the spirit in order that we get the revelation from scripture um, you know that's why in our ordination promises we preach to we, we promise to preach uh, to give the good news to those um, 
in every new generation. But isn't that a bit dangerous, though? But that's the thing is. Yeah, of course it is. Because the thing is, is that we do have scripture, which is our guide. Yeah. And the thing is with scripture, it's inspired by God. And we have dis- we have discerned as the church that it's inspired by God. So we have to take it extremely seriously. And you can't actually go against scripture. I wholeheartedly agree. But what you can't do is to, to timestamp its perfection and think it can never change. Because because otherwise you're not trusting the Holy Spirit for its revelation. But but um, the scripture can't change though, can it? The, the scripture needs to speak to us. Do you want to say a bit more about that? So, irrespective of which part of the Bible you look at, so if you take the Old Testament, for example, if you take the Ten Commandments. Right. Okay, so the law given to Moses, 613 laws, 10 of them so important they get put on tablets of stone. Right. But those tablets of stone relate to the 10 laws that the people at the time had the biggest problem sticking to and keeping. Right. Because yeah. they were a wayward society wandering in the wilderness, trying to turn their backs again to God because they felt that he'd stitched them up through Moses. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. so they were the, the ten laws that were most relevant at the time. Hmm. And so by in keeping them, those Israelite people, those people wandering through the desert, had a better example by which to live than the one that they were. That's right, yeah. You know, they were no longer wor- worshipping many, many gods. They were worshipping one god. They yeah. weren't worshipping bits of statue anymore or bits of stone even. Yeah. They were worshipping God. Yeah. Um, and they, when they had an argument, they didn't just continue to murder the person they were arguing with. There had to be a better way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So lots of those things are ingrained in us in society now. Yeah. But even by the time that Jesus came along, what he said was you're actually taking these two legalistically in such to some extent yeah yeah you know you've got your 613 laws you're too legalistic on them that's, that's what, what you're not doing is following the spirit and actually we can sum those two things up by two love yeah. love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with your all your mind and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself yeah, but that's the trouble is with that is it, there's two there's two problems here really is let's think about planning permission right because I work on the new estate right in in the eight right and what we have with planning permission and planning law right is a very legalistic approach yeah okay now the problem with legalism in that context is the builders have got a lot of power and a lot of money yeah and they can pay a lot of lawyers which is why they're not going to build a school now exactly. So that's why they're not going to build a school. They're not going to build a Which shop. Which would have been relevant to our first conversation of today it, about the news because they don't want to put the infrastructure in because they're not making the money out of that. Exactly. So yeah. it's the same with the with Thames Water. So legalism and following the law, I think it's what I think it's um, Dickens says, it's the rule of law we have to follow, not the rule of lawyers. Yeah. And I think the trouble with law is, and we see this all the way through Jesus' ministry, is people use the law in order to get other people, to belittle other people, to show that they're better than everybody yeah. else, right? That's what the Pharisees did. So they're using law in a way that it wasn't intended to, but they do keep the letter of the law. So the thing is, the builders haven't done anything illegal whatsoever. No. Everything they've done is legal. It's a bit like people who don't pay tax, like Amazon. 
they don't pay tax because legally they're not required to pay tax. Yeah. Me and you have to pay tax because we can't afford the lawyer to make sure we don't pay tax. Mm. And I always have to pay more tax than I think I ought to have to pay. Yeah. So I think that's what I think that's what he's getting at, and I think he's right there. But I think faithful obedience is about being obedient to the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. But the other problem is saying, oh, it's just about love and kindness and being fluffy, right? Is then you just fall into sentimentalism. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's really dangerous. I agree. And you need, so that's why the spirit needs testing. But yeah. it shouldn't be that everything is that you do is is based on what a particular translation of the Bible says. No, because um, it's not written like that. No, that's the it's not written like that. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. That's Islam. But, but being guided by the Spirit that then is then tested against Scripture, faith and tradition and is tested in community because if the Spirit keeps telling lots of people the same thing that they fundamentally believe to be the Spirit, then you have to believe that the Spirit's moving in that place. Well, that has to be backed up by Scripture. You can't. Yeah, there has to be some. It has to not be opposed to scripture. Has to, yeah, yeah. But 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 it has to be not opposed to and tradition as well. Yeah. So, you, but but scripture has to be read in the way that you are open to it speaking to you, and not read in a way that is closed and legalistic. And um, just because somebody preached that thirty years ago, don't mean it was right. No, no. But what you're actually really saying here is that Islam have five different law schools okay right that study the quran and the hadith and uh, come up with the, uh, the the law that they would follow right yeah. yeah that's their system right and jews do a similar thing as well not quite the same but they do a similar thing christianity is very different and i think what we have here is we're what you're doing is is applying a kind of islamic model to the bible yeah because or a jewish model to yeah. the bible and actually, Christianity, we see that in the Book of Acts, because you're right, where we're now, we don't have to keep the kosher rules because of a divine revelation given to Peter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and things like that. So it's not locked in time time immemorial, is it? Yeah, Acts 11, if Acts anyone 11. wants to look it up. Here we are. Yeah. Acts 11. He didn't have to keep the kosher laws, and he wasn't defiling himself by going into the house of the Gentiles. Yet, Scripture would have told him that he was. Yeah. But but divine revelation through the Spirit told him that he wasn't. But that is really dangerous, though, and it does worry me, I think, in this day and age where we have change at such a rapid pace. I think a lot of times these guys, to be fairness to, fair to them, are actually saying, look, let's slow down change. Let's be careful. Let's respect the past. Let's respect tradition. Let's respect where we've come from. We're going too far too fast. And don't muck about with these things because it's dangerous. Oh, yeah, you want to be careful with that mind. I do think you that's... want to know. You want to be a bit careful with that, you know, because all sins are forgivable, even those against Jesus Christ. However, the only ones that aren't are when you sin against the Holy Spirit. So, if you deliberately and purposefully close yourself to the voice of the Holy Spirit and go against what is telling you, yeah, your condemnation is greater than anybody else's. But the thing is, the, the Holy Spirit has to be discerned over time in community, and we have to yeah, yeah, be very, course, very, because very because our Acts example showed Peter, didn't it? Taken three or four years to go and mix with the Gentiles. Oh yeah. Oh no, it didn't. Yeah. No, he did it straight away. Oh, yeah, but I think it's yeah, but I do think that th there's two. There's in a sense, it's like a lot of things. There's two main dangers here. 
we have the danger of legalism, right, of using the law against people, being a Pharisee, but also as well we have the, the danger, basically, of saying, oh, well, um, I want to do this because the Spirit has told me to, and because the Holy Spirit has told me to, therefore it's right. No, no, the I danger mean, is the, the danger is not being led by the Spirit and claiming to be led by the Spirit. That's, that, that's yeah, blasphemy. Yeah, you're and now, if you're genuinely led by the Spirit and you have a genuine conviction that what you're doing is led by the Spirit, then actually it, it's it's more wrong to do nothing than it is to do something. Yeah, you're right there. So really what we're saying is that it's how... The real question about this is how do we discern the will of the Spirit and how do we interpret Scripture? And I think from that we have five or six different... Uh, interpretation methods that we use um, which are authorised by the church we have the community of the church where we can have a discussion and come to a conclusion together in humility and that's the process by which we have found knowledge not just in the church but across the board but that way of finding knowledge because it's human will always be corruptible so to use a example from science, it's actually the same system that science uses, right? Is that our data that can... You do a scientific experiment, right? And all you get out of the machine is just a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Right? Data don't tell you nothing. You've got to interpret the data. Yeah. Okay? Now, you use the scientific method, which is authorized to interpret the data. You write your paper... And then you send your paper off, and then the scientific community decides whether you've kept to the scientific yep. method and that your data is valid, yep. right? Now, that's exactly the same system, because it comes from it, of the way the church discerns the spirit, because what you do is you take scripture, that's your data, yep. your experience of the world, yep. what other people have thought in the past, the interpretation methods that we've got, yep. and then you come to a conclusion... And then you take that conclusion to the church, which is the community, yep. and then the church decides. So you don't decide, I don't decide. It's oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, that's yeah, the yeah. break, isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. call that general synod. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That, yeah. Or the Catholics have, like, the magisterium or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or a chapel would have the elders of the chapel. Yeah. It's all the same system. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, so I think that's the, the key thing, is how we discern... And I think for ordinary Christian people, I think if you're worried about a situation and how to interpret a piece of scripture or how, what to do with a certain situation has come up, the best advice to do with it is do not just read the Bible on your own. Read it with a few other people, like in a home group, and then come to a, a priest like me or Dave, somebody else like that, or and take it to the community and discuss it together yeah and then you can come to a conclusion together and you probably won't all agree because me and dave don't agree but through the process and going through the process you just you discern the will of god yeah because the will of god is found in the community in the holy spirit and that's what the bible is part of it's the record of what christians have thought in the past basically isn't it yeah, you know, um, it's not like the Quran. I probably really offended him over saying he's being Islamic, but there we are. Oh dear. Well, he doesn't mind offending lots of people, so I shouldn't worry about it. Because if you don't agree with his 
exact interpretation of the Bible. He just accuses you of not using the Bible or um or being anti scriptural, um, which I find hugely offensive. Well, yeah, I don't. Well, I suppose he's on. Everyone on Twitter seems to be Twitter. Don't bring out the best in people. No, you know. No, that's very true. So I think. Yeah, but I do, I do think that's the thing, is that we have fundamentally misunderstood what Scripture is. Yeah. You know, um, so maybe we'll talk a bit more about that. So I'll tag him when I put the podcast on Twitter and he can listen to us. Yeah, I'm on holidays next week, so you can uh, you can deal with the fallout from this. Yeah, so that'll be all right, right won't it? brilliant. You're listening to those Vickers blokes where we record our own adverts and I think that we should be selling them. So I'm just for those, anybody who's listening from Giorgio Armani, you'll note in this podcast I mentioned that my wife's favourite perfume is she. So if you want to send me a hundred mil of it to give her at Christmas, that'd be great. hundred um, mil? Excuse a bit more than that. Well... Yeah, but How long is that I, I'm not greedy, am I? No, that's a year's worth, isn't it? Oh. I'm not greedy or anything. Just just a big bottle of it will do. I don't want a box. We should get um, some merch. Yeah, we should get paid adverts and merch, shouldn't we? Merch. Anyway, so if you want us to have paid adverts and merch, let us know, and um, we'll see what we can do. Until we then, subscribe and follow us. We have a t- T-shirt that says Dave Coaches on Dave it. Dave Coaches. Now, um, we, Dave's been watching an excellent program called uh, "What We Do, What We Did in the Shadows," which I've is... been watching an excellent program called Dawson's Creek. Uh. Um, I just have to say that last week we agreed to put the music in, and whatever the music was, it wasn't Dawson's Creek, wasn't it? No, it was. It said on no, the YouTube wasn't. that it was. No, I... it should have gone. I don't want to wait for our lives. Didn't play that. Oh right, that. okay. See, well, see some rubbish you put. In. I put it YouTube Dawson's Creek. Uh, see, I knew you hadn't really been watching it last week. Well, I didn't. Otherwise, you'd have heard the music but no uh, anyway any, all right sorry such as life i just put into youtube what it was and then yeah anyway. uh, okay um, apologies to the viewers that Howell made a mess of that yeah sorry about the the dawson script but anyway, i was watching an excellent program called what we do in the shadows or what we did in the shadows which is i think it's funny it's it is mildly amusing it's a it's a uh a mockumentary a bit like The Office uh, which follows around three vampires who live in Staten Island in New York yeah and they're really incompetent uh, vampires so they're just really useless well they can't be that incompetent they've been alive for hundreds of years yeah they've been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years but they're just really stupid aren't they yeah and they can't they can't adapt to modern life there wasn't the episode you watched but there's another one where they tried to interact with email and they can't, oh, right, okay. they can't interact with email. So you but, sent me series two, episode nine, which was entitled The Witches. It's brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, it, <laughs> I was just thinking about it makes me laugh. It it was it was quite funny. I, I it took me two attempts to watch it because I fell asleep first time. Oh, um, so I had to to I woke up halfway through episode eleven, I think, oh, and right. had to go back to it. It's very rude, no. I woke up in series three, episode one. Oh, okay, so I had to go back to series two, episode nine. Um, and yeah, it 
It's very rude in it's, parts. It's, it's very rude, rude in parts. <laughs> but they were the funniest bits, to be fair. <laughs> they were. They were the yeah, funniest, funniest bits. bits. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was quite interesting because it's it's what does eternal life look like? Yeah. And they want the the witches didn't want necessarily eternal life. They wanted eternal youth. They did. Yeah. They wanted to keep young and beautiful because it was their duty to be beautiful. That was it. So we had these gorgeous. Looking and actually, women. the gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous they were good looking witches. Women. Yeah. Until they relaxed into what they really looked and like. And then they were these horrible hags weren't they it was, wow. just, it was just horrible yeah they were like 900 years old or something weren't they and um, however old they were but they were trying to make a potion they needed something from the vampires we can't say otherwise we'll get an adult raped in yeah. uh, they needed something from the vampires to uh, make this potion to make them uh, forever young uh, so I quite the, the funniest guy in it is the guy who's the boss from the IT from the crowd, IT crowd, crowd. Yeah, yeah he is very funny he's great he is um and there's a guy who's oh, but he a, plays the same character he does yeah I think he he's, plays he's, himself he's, he's, I mean I don't want to say the poor bloke's typecast but stick to what you're good to and he plays that character really well he does yeah and there's a guy in it called uh, um, what's his name Colin Robinson who's the energy vampire who's really boring who just makes everybody bored so he can suck the energy out of them um, but basically what we would talk about with this really is the fact this idea of eternal youth yeah. eternal life and actually, you can see even from the program that this idea of eternal life and eternal youth is a really horrible prospect. I thought, I wouldn't want to be eternally young. But it is something that we're obsessed with as a society, isn't it? Well, it's quite interesting because they're they're hundreds of year, years old, but they're actually eternally immature, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. And as a vampire, only 700 years old, I'm still a child. And they're, they're really, really childish and pathetic, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. But I think that's the point, though, is that we don't value age enough, I think, in our society. We value this myth of eternal youth. And I think that's a human thing, because there's loads of stories about the fountain of youth, or um, there's that film She, or the book She, uh, where there's I thought a that was of a- youth perfume by Giorgio Armani she, no it is is it yeah it is I, yeah. it's my wife's favourite oh that's um, what it's, get, it it's is. getting hard to get now so oh, you've okay. got you got to really hunt for it and pay more for it oh you're like me you know one perfume she likes and if you're stuck for a present she, can, only, likes, that she one. only likes one if you buy her something different you're in trouble oh right okay I, yeah alright but that's the thing it, if we think about our society it is obsessed with youth and looking beautiful and I see that down the gym, you know, where this this sort of the efforts people go to to be eternally youthful and eternally sort of good looking and this image of how we should. Well, it's clearly never bothered you, has it? No, no, I don't go to the gym for that. No, no, I just, you know, I just. It's don't. never bothered me either. Oh no, 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 you know, I'm. If I was bothered, I'd brush my hair, wouldn't I? But I don't brush my well, hair, even yeah. when I let it get longer. Yeah. If I was bothered, I'd shave more often, but I don't bother. Um, I, sha- I, I shave for other people's weddings. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. if it looks really scruffy, I'll shave for a funeral as well. You're, terrible. You're just as bad as me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. With me and you, we are the scruffiest priests I know. Ever. I know. Awful. One of our congregation said that to me on Wednesday night at Synod. What? She what? straightened up my jacket because she said, "Oh, you're so untidy. You're just like Howl. I know you exactly need that. somebody to dress you both." I, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Know. Is. It did yeah. make me. She's lovely. It she did make great me laugh. She is, but I know um, exactly who but, that yeah. is. Yeah. When I see her next, she's going to say, "You look just like Dave." Yeah. But I think. Do you think though? 
like in a way sometimes if you're bad is being scruffy is because we just don't care right and that's not very nice for other people around us our wives for a start yeah that's true yeah <laughs> um that's not very great for that we don't make an effort but i think so there's no virtue in that really no but i think this idea of eternal youth i think it's really destructive because you can't enjoy yourself and basically it's saying that your life is over when you get like 30 and it, it, it's actually a really bleak existence and I wouldn't want to be the same age forever with nothing changing and I wouldn't want to be like a vampire it would be awful you know historic, it is a curse isn't it yeah oh, I, think, I think the obsession with it's a curse I don't think it would do either of us any harm if we shaved more regularly. We don't because we're quite lazy. Um, but actually, if if it became an obsession, then that's when it gets unhealthy. Yeah. Like all obsessions. Yeah. So an obsession with wanting to look youthful um, it is certainly not good. No. And I think it's this idea of always being young, forever young and all that, is it's like the kind of Peter Pan syndrome because it, it says that the only joyful part of life is basically your 20s and as you get older it just gets worse and I think that that's the opposite of scripture, that's the opposite of Christianity and also it's the opposite of my experience because each Do you want to expand on how it's the opposite of scripture and Christianity? Yeah, because we have a hope in eternal life in a different way to the vampires right? And we know that we have this relationship with God. We're not frightened of death, in a sense. And we're not frightened of aging. And that gives us the assurance to be able to enjoy each part of our life. So if you never struggled with a birthday... Uh, I mean, I struggled to turn 25. I struggled to turn because, 25. Because you're 24, but then you're 25 years old. And all of a sudden, although it ties in with when when I had my first child as well, to be fair. Um, you, you sudden... And when responsibility stepped up. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure. You, suddenly you've got to be a bit more grown up, haven't you, when you're 25? And I struggled to turn 40 a little bit. Did you? But that was also for me in another transitional period because I was halfway through theology college yeah. knowing what was coming next and thinking, oh my gosh, I have to grow up again. But that's the... What that's actually about is our fear of taking responsibility. And I think that's what we see in the vampire program is that they don't take responsibility yeah. for anything. They don't think about anybody else other than they just think about pleasure. And that's how we're encouraged to live is just to think about our own pleasure and not to take responsibility. And the transitions we're talking about, because I struggled when I got to 25 because I wasn't a kid anymore in a sense, is you then got to transition to be a more responsible adult. Yeah. So transitioning to being a father transitioning to be a grandfather, transitioning to be, um, you know, an adult, transitioning to be a priest, you're taking on more responsibility, but that's what actually gives you life. Yeah. To live for others, not for yourself, is what gives you life and hope. And I think that's the the freedom, really, uh, that we get with Christianity, is that eternal hope and that eternal meaning, is that if you live for others... um, and you you focus on God, then you end up living a more joyful life. That's yeah. certainly been my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and not, not having to care about getting old or getting older or any of that. You know, it's, it's not an issue. It don't matter. 
Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. we're not. Well, I do. I do know what you mean, but however, I don't know. That's necessarily true for me because I do pull the grey hairs out of the ginger bit of my beard. <laughs> You don't um, have kids going, Dad, you're bald. <laughs> that's a, thing, like. It grows perfectly well enough that I can pull out the grey ones. So but we're not there's perfect. something that we get dragged into that. Yeah, yeah, we're in, not perfect. That. Like you say, oh, it doesn't bother me at all. Sometimes it does, you know, and, and like it bothers me actually physically. Like, so um, it annoys me actually that I'm not as fit as I used to be because I can't be and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, I can't lift as much as I used to. I can't run as fast, those sorts of things. So that bothers me in that way rather than what I look like. So, you know, so that that does bother me. But really, in the great scheme of things, it's not a big deal, is it, really? No. No, and it shouldn't be a big deal. But I think if you don't have faith and you don't have that hope for eternal life, then really it is just, you're just a clock that's running down to eternal nothingness. So eternal life's replaced by eternal youth somehow. Yeah, it's yeah. a fake okay. it's a fake type of eternal life it's a lie isn't it yeah so what we've done in society and I've talked a lot about this before is we've pretending that death and suffering don't exist and yeah. responsibility doesn't exist and the way to be happy is to live as an eternal child and a lot of people live like that uh, but it isn't fulfilling it isn't loving it isn't hopeful it's just depressing and that's why we're in part of the reason I'm sure we're in a mental health crisis. Because I, I did. I, I think we're in a mental health crisis because too many people watch the rubbish on the telly that you watch. No, it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want eternal youth. You want to keep watching the cartoons. No. You want to. <laughs> They're not for kids. They're adult stuff. You want to watch the stuff with, uh, with naughty humour in it. It's funny. I yeah, it's not for kids. My wife would have stuff. would would say to you, "That's only funny if you're a 15 year old teenage boy." Oh god. Uh, and right, and right. I, I, can, I can kind of see what she's saying with this particular yeah okay one. yeah i do have i do have that type of humor sometimes i do think oh you're just a big kid sometimes yes like that, but that's okay it's not like that as i say that was the funniest bit uh, <laughs> so, so so do i um <laughs> but i think yeah it's a bit like that but i think like i said we're not all perfect we're not perfect that's the thing but i think the thing is with it though is the more we deny death and suffering and say we shouldn't take responsibility the more miserable we become. Yeah. Do you ever find or do you ever find it? I did this in the car last night when I was taking the the youngsters back from their prom. Right. Yeah. I randomly started talking about funerals. Is they were on about they had Sweet Caroline at their um their prom. Right. And I went, oh, that's a creme track. That is. You always have that at funerals. Car just goes. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. And I was saying about and I just said, oh, well, when I die, right, we're gonna have the creme classics. So what we're going to have is a kind of medley of all, like, Simply the Best, Tina Turner, Sweet Caroline, all the ones that I have at funerals. Yeah, mm. we're have, that's what we're going to do for... But I don't. But I think because I work in death, and because my wife works in death, but she's a bereavement counsellor, death to us is just normal. Yeah. While I think to most people, especially youngsters, they, they're completely freaked by it. And I, because what we do, we hide death, we hide suffering, we hide yeah. responsibility. Some of the people I know with the greatest sense of humour are those that work with the funeral directors. Oh, you always have a laugh in the hearse, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's always. Yeah. I think you, 
Well, I I saw somebody get knocked off their motorcycle. I was just toying in my in my head whether or not I should get another motorcycle, yeah. and then I watched a guy get knocked off his, and um, so I got out of the car to see if I could be of any assistance, like you do. And coming from a van the other de- uh, the other way was a guy who works for one of our local funeral directors, and I didn't <laughs> well, yeah. initially recognise him. Yeah, and he yeah. and he said to me, "Oh, Reverend Jones, I think we're a bit earlier than we need to be on this one." So, <laughs> Because by that time the guy had got up off the floor and he was he was like hobbling to the pavement, so he was all right, you know. Fundamentally, nothing seriously wrong with him. Um, but, but then I I looked at him and I saw him in his white shirt and his grey pinstripe trouser things, and I thought, oh, I know who you are now. And and so it just took me a few. But yeah, so, oh, that's so that, sense of, that sense of humour is is a stop well, is I think needed comes, in that. Yeah, it is, and I think that's the thing is what we have the, with eternal youth and the sort of vampiric eternal life is a denial of death a denial of suffering yeah. but also underneath that is a denial of responsibility I think and as you get older I think the only way for meaning is to take responsibility which is part of being a parent part of being you know a priest part of yeah. being a good worker part of being an adult really yeah. part of being a human being is to live for others uh, we fail to do that I do all the time but I think that's the only way to be content, and I yeah. think to live the way the vampires do, although it's instinctively appealing because they seem to have a lot of fun, but actually they kind of don't. And I think really for us in the church, is to the important thing is to reject that lie yeah uh, as we go forward I must be honest though, we could have come to the same conclusions if we'd have watched from dusk till dawn. Yeah, 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 and, and that's better, I think. All right, yeah, that's a good film as opposed to a. You know, though, it, it, it is quite funny a series, but you 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 need to have your naughty sense of humour about you. And I have to got enjoy a naughty it. sense of humour, um, yeah. and it's not the sort of thing that my wife finds funny. So, oh, we find it funny anyway. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah, my missus found it. Okay, so next week uh, we're on with hopefully with one division. Well, um, you're not, are you? No, because I'm in I'm in Egypt. Yeah. I'm on holidays, so uh, you you have read the bits in the Bible about what happened to the Israelites when they when they were in Egypt, right? They were treated badly. Yeah, they had a dreadful time. They had to escape. Um, I don't think that's going to happen on my they were, they were there for quite a long time as well, weren't well, they? I wouldn't so, mind you know. spending forty days all inclusive in uh, right, okay. in uh, in Sharm El Sheikh. Right, fair enough. El Sheikh, yeah. I, I, if I get stuck there, I'll be I'll be well happy as long as my all inclusive carries on. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think it'll be like the Israelites in the day. No, no. Well, but I did think I, I've been there once before, about fourteen years ago. I it did. You fly over the Sinai, and I think it does give you a different perspective on the the journey from yeah. the desert. I think when you when you actually go there, you're like, yeah, wow. wow. You know I mean? So I, I haven't been that far afield because I only got GMVQ. Oh uh, well, yeah. Thanks for that. And uh, well, when I went last uh, time, they tried to sell me a. They tried to sell me a, a trip to go to this monastery, right? And they said, oh, we'll go to this monastery. It's really interesting. It's not religious or anything, but it's really interesting. It's a good history thing. And in there, they've got this Bible, which I think is like the oldest in the Bible. And I sat there and I went, yeah, yeah. I said, it's Codex Sinaiticus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I told them about it. And they said to me, they said, 
They said, oh, how do you know about that then? Are you going to go then? I said, well, because I'm a vicar. And they were like, oh, you're going to go? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like too much like work. Yeah, yeah. So Didn't I, want to get off your sunline, Jerry. No, so I told the rep, the rep goes, can you tell me that again? So I write it down. So I'll see if they give my shit yeah. back to yeah, me. Yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Well, it's the same rep, really. All right, so hopefully one division will be here next week as a bloquette. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what you'll be talking no, about. No, nor me. I'll so talk we'll to her out. and we'll find out, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so see you next time. Mm-hmm.